This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Okay, I must say that that responsibility was at the hands of Radio Malaya. Mm-hmm. What they did was repeat the songs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, that's the strength of repetition. Right. And that's the core of branding. Okay, when you repeat these ideas, they remain in your heads. And yeah. what you repeat becomes remembered longer than what you don't repeat. Yeah. Okay, so um, if you remember the Lahat Datu case, which happened in 2012, what were the songs that came out again and again? They were Prajurit Tanah Air, Inilah, Barisan. Everybody knows the song. Yes. Okay, they can be children, they can be older adults, but everybody can relate to it. That's yeah. Malaysia. Okay, so that's how these songs get retained. Mm-hmm. BFM 89.9, I'm Ahmad Fuad Rahmat. This is Night School, the show that explores theories, concepts and society. This week, we welcome uh, Dr. Shazlin Amir Hamza, Research Fellow from KITA, the Institute Kajian Ethnic at UKM, University of Kebangsaan Malaysia in Bangi, where she's going to talk about branding, nationalism and music and their interconnections. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Fuad. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you do very, very interesting work, so it's our pleasure. Tell us a little bit about the connection between the three things because when we think of branding, we don't necessarily think of a country first and foremost and we think of countries, the music element of it doesn't stand out first. So you're tying three very interesting things together. So how do they interact? I suppose first you have to look at what branding is. Mm -hmm. It is something of a level than advertising mm. because advertising is just paid communications for something that you want that is paid lah. Mm-hmm. okay so you have you want to sell soap and you get someone to communicate the product for you and then you get it sold but with branding you put into it attitude you put into it self you put into it your history the culture of just say it could be anything character character like it, yeah. okay so branding can be something of a 360 degree for a product it can also be a something of a 360 degree of a of an institution okay mm-hmm. of a person for example madonna can brand herself the way she wants to or rihanna for that matter right. okay so when you can brand these things okay you can also brand a country mm-hmm. so what are the things that you would use to brand a country Okay, you don't just visualize the country. The country must also be heard. Right, right. Okay, so how do you hear a country? So the most logical thing to do is to have songs because they are malleable. Because songs can be used, they can be garnered. You can put ideas in it. You can put feelings. You can put right, love right. in it. You can put. You can even even put hatred in it. And with patriotic songs, you can put murder. Yeah. Yeah. And, and go away with it. Right, okay? right. You That's can go true. bloody and everything and, you know, you can tumpah darah for what it means. Right. And yeah, I'm still okay with it. I can be in in a foreign country and still be, oh, I'm okay with tumpah darah in my patriotic songs because mm-hmm. it calls for me. It's my negaraku. Right, okay? right. So, branding is about putting a certain stamp on your identity that's yeah. memorable and music allows for a deeper resonance to that, Absolutely. right? In that you're not just 
thinking about a product, you're thinking about a relationship of with course, a certain image or place. You know, the more I'm trying to wrap up my own PhD, which deals a lot with music, the more I appreciate how important it is sound, you know, when it comes to understanding yourself or just even thinking through an identity. So even something as simple as the old newspaper man in my little neighborhood in Subang where I grew up, you know, where every afternoon he would just drive past my house, basically yelling through his broken, almost, you know, near broken microphone, old newspaper, old newspaper. And I was just having a conversation about this with a colleague the other day about, you know, it's those moments and those sounds basically that are so distinct that you can't find anywhere else that right. makes me think back to that time right. and place, that street, right? And it's not something visual because we tend to think of identity in visual terms these days, right? Exactly. But just knowing when the roti man's coming right. and the bell, the way he rings the bell or what he yells, those things are so important and there's something very visceral about using sound, you know, or thinking about sound that, uh, that's very hard to replicate. Images you can always replicate, right? But sound is much, much harder. Even music, you have to have the right... I mean, the production setting is one thing, but, you know, playing it again, you need the right kind of instruments, you need the right kind of combination and move and so forth. So I like it that you are forefronting the fact that sound is crucial in identity. Sound is crucial in memory, right? Yeah. Yeah. It can actually take you back to a certain era, a certain place that mm-hmm. you remember, and you remember the people that were there with you. Yeah, yeah. And that's what music can do. It can bring memories. It can also help you forget. Yeah. That's yeah. also the thing that music can do. Mm. Okay. What with them being popular, if you repeat the same things over and over again and not repeat certain things, you can make your audience forget mm-hmm. some sad parts of the history. Yeah. That's also the thing that can be used with uh, music yeah. when it comes to branding the country. Yeah. And I like the point that you said about how in music you have a lot more license to be expressive. You know, I mean, murder is one yeah. thing, you know, but other <laughs> elements as well come to play into that, right? So tell us a bit about uh, what music offers in this regard for nation building. Okay. I studied. 12 might sound very little, but when I actually went into studying 12 songs for my PhD, they were 12 other worlds mm-hmm. because... Um, and what was your PhD on, just so we have a bit more context? Okay, my PhD is on nation branding, and I look into the role of patriotic music, patriotic songs, and how it is constructing what we think is... Jenama Malaysia. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah. And then, uh, for example... I studied Sekapu Siris Seulas Pinang and I tried as much as possible to go to the very original form of Sekapu Siris which was the one that was sung by Saloma when she was still Salma Ismail. Mm -hmm. It was a uh, 1959 song. It was done by Sudar Maji, the lyrics to it. And um, it was actually taken from film Simrapadi. Okay. And it was a song sung for the heroes of Semerapadi who was going to go out to fight for the kampung. Mm-hmm. Okay? So the ladies sang the song while, if you look into the film, they were giving out kris mm-hmm. to the men. Okay? So it's like, die for us. Okay? Leave the country and die for us. Even if your bodies will be shattered on the ground, mm-hmm. we'd embrace that. 
Yeah. Okay. So it's to me it's deep. Right. Right. Okay. And uh, until today, we are still using Sakapusiris Ulas Pinang in so many occasions. Yeah. And we're so okay with body shattering on the ground, you know, yeah. and all the symbolisms like keris and siri. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That we still want to go back to. Yeah. Okay. Um, a nation is a modern concept. Mm-hmm. It is actually a colonial concept that was brought to us by the British. Right. Okay, so it is a very modern concept. Okay, Hang Tua was not interested in patriotic music. I don't see that he would have. Mm-hmm. But it's a modern concept because modern nations are created after the modernization period. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you have all these people who are strangers coming together in the same place because of social mobility, because we wanted work, because we wanted better lives. Right. Okay, right. so we we migrate from where we were, kampongs and villages, okay, to live in one place. So we need something to hold us together. And what is that? That's nationalism. Yeah. Okay. That's where standard language comes into the picture, standard education, and we must have standard symbols that we hold on to. Okay. Mm-hmm. So these things are created, they're invented. They're right, modern. Right. Okay. Sure. But you can't entirely have something new for the country to hold on to. Because there must be something that you can share in this community. Yeah. So what do you what do you do to do that? Okay, you go back to the past. You go back to what you remember in the past, and what you share in the past are piramli songs, yeah. piramli movies, sire, yeah. pinang, okay, and all these colors that remind you bungraya. These are all stuff that remind you that we belong together and we can hold hands together. Yeah, okay? you know, Anugrah Jara Lagu has this category. Irama Malaysia, mm-hmm. right? Every every time, and we take it for granted that there is such a thing as Irama Malaysia. But at this time, when Malaysia was just this new thing, and the identity was just being formed, what was the soundscapes like? I mean, like what was designated at that time as Malaysian music, and not? You know what I mean? Like now, we take it for granted that we know these songs. But back then, the media was just being formed. There was a huge rural-urban divide. Was there such even such a thing as quote-unquote Malaysian music? Because like you said, the nation was a new experience for everybody, right? So what was the identity of music here? I mean, was that even a question at that point? Okay, the answer to that question would have to be Melayu. Right, right. It would definitely have to be Melayu. Because then we were sharing everything in this Nusantara. There was no Indonesia. The, right. When you talk about 1957, when we were formed, Federation of, of Malaya, we had no idea what a new nation is. Mm-hmm. Okay, And I'm thinking 1955, when they won the election. Okay, I'm not entirely certain if everyone knew the idea of Chuchuk and Pangka. Yes, yes. Okay? But we wanted this new nation. We wanted to be free from the British. We must have our own country. Okay. So what did we hold on to? We hold on to everything that was Melayu. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay? And everything that was Melayu came before that when we shared everything. We didn't think of ourselves as Singapore or, right, right. or Malaysia or Indonesia. Yeah. We were still, because it was alright for for people to crisscross. Mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. For Saiful Bahari to have penned the lyrics to Negaraku and, she, and he was an Indonesian. He was right there, smack in Jakarta, mm-hmm. the music director of the radio in Indonesia, okay? Mm-hmm. And there he was, writing for us, penning for us um, the lyrics that we know now of Negaraku today. And then we have people like Zubay Said, who today we think is a Singaporean, but he was a very Malay person. Yeah. Okay? But were there not like other pop cultures here, like people singing in 
Mandarin or Tamil at that point? Was it a totally Malay-dominated pop culture? I must say it was dominated by Malay. Mm. Okay, because that was what Radio Malaya was. Right. Okay, because that was the only thing we had. Mm. We only had Radio Malaya. Okay, we may have sometimes programs that were um, Indian or um, English, but they were just programs. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then they came in later. Right, they didn't right. come in when Radio Malaya was still in uh, Singapore at Caldecott Hill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, those programs came in the 1960s right, when right. Um, when eventually um, Radio Malaya was brought to Kuala Lumpur. Well, that's really useful context to understand, I guess, some of the finer details of the connection between nation, music and branding. And we'll explore more of that in the second part of the show. Uh, we have here today Dr. Shazlin Amir Hamza from UKM. And this is Night School. I'm Ahmad Fat Rahman and we'll be right back after this on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, listening to me, Ahmad Fat Rahmat. With us this week is Dr. Shazlin Amir Hamza, Research Fellow at KITA, Institute Kajian Ethnic at UKM in Bangi. We are discussing the relationship between branding, nation and music. And the first part of the show, you gave us a good overview of the context at the time, the historical context, how the modern nation emerged. And to follow up on that, I want to talk about the role of imagination in that process, you know, because I think at that point, the nation being this very new creation, this alien experience for most of us, and most of us, most of them at that time who had just encountered this discourse, right? Because like you rightly pointed out, back then, identities are fluid. There was so much mobility. There were so many passages in and out across territories that this idea of a solidified frontier separating one country from another was a really new invention. So tell us a bit about where imagination comes in. Okay. Perhaps um, let me start with the term colonial knowledge. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when the British came here, they were here for hundreds of years. Okay. And then what they left here was more what is in our head. They didn't exactly come to conquer us physically as much as what they left is more in our heads than they do physically. Right. Okay. So the state that we have here today, okay, is a functioning state. What you need to function as a state are three things. And that is citizenship, right. rule of law, and the state itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's a state. That's physically what you can see. But a nation, the concept and idea of a nation, which is brought to us by the colonials, okay, is actually something that's imagined in your heads. Mm-hmm. Okay. What I imagine as a nation, what I want to be as a nation in my head might not be the same as yours. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to borrow the concept that Shamsul Amri has said, it's called nations of intent. Mm-hmm. What I want, what I intend to be for the nation, and what perhaps what the ruling party wants to have as a nation. Okay, what an opposition would want to think of what their nation is is different. Mm-hmm. So you have all these contesting nations around you. So that's what I mean by being imagined. Right, right. And tell us a little bit about how then music comes into play because. I'm thinking of a composer of a song. Typically, you build on already existing sounds or trends or rhythms, right? And then, but when you write for something that's not yet created, right? It seems to me a more complicated process. So, how is it that some songs work and some songs don't, right? Like, how is it that some songs eventually become Malaysian and some songs don't, right? Because at that time, they didn't know 
like a lot of these songs that were written, these patriotic songs written in the 60s or something like that, you know, where they were not, maybe they didn't have in mind the sort of longevity the song eventually had, right? So tell us a little bit about that then. Why do some songs resonate more than others, right? For example, why does Sekapo Siri? Still, for a country that's, you know, politics-wise, we're not really as intense or dramatic, like, say, Indonesia, which had a revolution, which had blood right, buffs, right, right? right? Whereas for us, we're still mild, but we're still kind of, like, relating to Skapo Sire. So what do you have to say about how some songs retain their longevity? Okay, I must say that that responsibility was at the hands of Radio Malaya. Mm-hmm. What they did was repeat the songs. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the strength of repetition. Right. And that's the core of branding. Okay, when you repeat these ideas, they remain in your heads. And yeah. what you repeat becomes remembered longer than what you don't repeat. Yeah. Okay, so um, if you remember the Lahat Datu case, which happened in 2012, what were the songs that came out again and again? They were Prajurit Tanah Air, Inilah, yes, Barisan. Yes. Everybody knows the song. Yes. Okay, they can be children, they can be older adults, but everybody can relate to it. That's yeah. Malaysia. Okay, so that's how these songs get retained. Mm-hmm. They're being played over and over again. Were they commissioned? Yes. Uh. Yes. Uh, Saiful Bahari was asked to do all these songs. Mm-hmm. And, um, the thing with Saiful Bahari is he perhaps was the only person who could have done this. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you compare his song to perhaps Tanah Pusaka, I love Tanah Pusaka. Mm. I love Tanah Pusaka so much. If you listen to it, it takes you... Um, I don't know. If I suppose if I listened to it and if I was away from the country for a long time, I'd cry mm-hmm. because I love Tanah Pusaka. But Tanah Pusaka is not something that you want to bring, you know, that you can put patriotism into. If you if you can actually find Tanah Pusaka and listen to it, it's really melancholy and, you know, I love my country. But it's different with Baris. And t- frankly, not it's many different. songs are like Prajurit Tanah Air exactly. too. A lot of them are down-tempo, there you sort go. of low energy, right? There you go. Yeah. Which is why. Um, which goes back to what you said. We are somewhat happy. <laughs> well, our politics milder. There la. you go. Yeah. So we don't go out with lembing, you know, or senjata, really. And that's not how we got our independence right, either, right. you see. But the thing with Saiful Bari is he came from there. Yeah. I remember actually too, um, I mean, the tempo we have now for Negaraku was recently rejuvenated, right? Because for a while, I remember for most of my childhood, we sang Negaraku in that very mellow down tempo too, mm-hmm. right? And I think, I think it was early 90s yeah. when the government said, oh, we, can't, you know, we can't keep this up, we got to like raise the spirits. Yeah. So then they made the beat faster, mm-hmm. right? So otherwise, it would be one of those other kind of nationalist songs that are very low They're energy slow, too. Yeah. yeah. Which makes me wonder about what does that say anything about the tenor of our nationalism if a lot of our most cherished songs tend to be mellower? Is that a reflection of the kind of nationalism that we have? Maybe that makes it more unique, you know? Or is it just like a matter of taste, (laughs) a national taste, you know? Well, I suppose it's a matter of taste and what we are more used to. But if you actually listen to Star Spangled Banner, it's also very slow. It's very slow, um, okay. but it's not very sad. I feel that it's more uplifting in a sense, like because it's it's reflective, but I wouldn't say that it's tinged with sadness in the way that maybe a lot more Malay nationalist songs tend to but, be. But that's the thing. Going back to your earlier question, yeah. what was in the era the kind of music that 
Mirrors Us. Yes, and it yes. was Melayu. Lagu Melayu <laughs> is a lot more mendayu-dayu. Yeah. Yes, yes. Ah, that's what yes. it is. Yeah. That you, you can't run away from that. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. That's true too. And then you call it Lagu Asli. Lagu Melayu Asli. I, I, yeah. I've been wondering about this and I can't seem to find literature on why we are so drawn to that mood. And the closest speculative guess I can come up with is that we are migrants. Merantau is so much a part of our identity, right? I mean, I don't mean Merantau in a specifically Minang sense, but even up to the 90s, balik kampung, you know, leaving the kampung, even though it's just two hours away, it was so painful, right? So we have this dialectical interplay between, you know, having to leave, but being very reluctant to do so. And again, this is very speculative, right? And this may have coloured the distinct way in which we relate to our songs best when they're sad. You know, I don't know. That's one theory. So I think it goes back to what I said about the concept of modernity that's being brought to us because we move from the kampongs to the city. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Then we live with strangers, our neighbours are strangers, yeah. and we need to call ourselves a nation. So we need something. Nationalism is, is a feeling of togetherness. Yeah. But apa kita nak buat? for this feeling of togetherness. Okay, we create songs. Yeah, yeah. All right? But eventually, we must go, you know, there's something that takes us back to our kampongs. Yeah. Okay? And then when Sudirman came up with Balik Kampung, we were like, oh my God, this is, this is so us. And then we, we, we leave and KL becomes empty and yeah. we go back. That is very much a European concept that's brought to us smack. Yeah. Okay? So, how do we remember back where we come from? It's calling back to what, you know, how do you call them to go balik kampung? Have something sad. Yeah. You know, <laughs> your mom's waiting at, at, at the kampung, go visit her, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And don't get us wrong. I think we can acknowledge that we have had many, you know, cheerful phases of or trends like Pop Ye Ye, very, very cheerful, right? But uh, they tend to be short-lived, those, those sorts of sounds, right? What has persisted, you know, whether it's, during the independence era or to the, the rock phase in the 80s or even today, tends to be, like you said, that evocative songs of yearning, you know. So I guess that's our brand. Our brand is very... It is, actually. Yeah, it's very it mellow, right? Mellow. Our nationalism yeah. is very mellow. Uh, and in a way, that's quite clever because I think grieving together is a very powerful way of bonding yes. as opposed to just feeling triumphant for no reason, right? Yes. When people can come together and f- share a certain experience of loss, there's certain intimacy there that happens. Then say, if you, you, if you hear the French, I don't know the pronunciation of it, but the French national anthem, the revolutionary song, right? I mean, it works as a national anthem, right? But there's something very like militaristically robotic about it. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. In a way that I get it. You guys are happy about your fifth republic or whatever, but... Uh-huh. It doesn't really move me. Or maybe it's because I'm Malay, right? But it doesn't move me like these sad nationalist songs do, you know? So, yeah. Like I said, these popular patriotic songs have a license to put murder in it. Yeah. And they have a license to put, let's grieve together. Yeah. And let's, yeah. let's be okay and be tough by grieving together because we have all these dead people around us to remind us that, you know, you have to be thankful for yeah. this for this tanah and all this. Yeah. 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 And I think that the bond with the tanah is something that maybe could be explored as well because, I mean, up to recently, our economy is largely agrarian, you know, and the displacement that modernization caused 
right? Because industrialization became sort of the agenda, capitalism became an agenda, removed us more and more from that connection with, I guess, nature in a way, right? Because that was, uh, you know, fishing, planting, small trading. That was the Malay way of trading for the longest time, right? And um, it could be that divorce as well. Fascinating stuff. Uh, we have to pause our discussion for now. But do you have any reading material you can suggest to our listeners who might want to look this up further? Maybe a textbook or a paper you've written? I have written a paper on this, which will be published hopefully soon. Okay, cool. And we can yeah. post a link to that on absolutely. our website and yeah, uh, they can absolutely. follow up. But they can Google your work anyway, yes. right? Uh, on Google Scholar. And your name, just for the record, for everyone listening, is Shazlin Amir Hamza at Kita. You are a research fellow there. Yes. Uh, thanks again for joining the show You're and welcome. sharing your knowledge. We hope to have you on the show again for another time. You can email the show too at bfmnightschool.gmail.com. Look us up on Facebook, just type that in the search space or download our app at the Apple App Store or Google Play. Thanks again, uh, Dr. Shazlin. I'm Ahmad Fat Rahman and this is Night School on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.